Welcome, folks. Um, we've been doing a series of conversations that we often do in the annual meeting or in the lead up to the annual meeting. Uh, and it's nighttime, so I'm going to say tonight. But right now, I am joined uh, by your three candidates for Vestry. Um, we're really excited about the Vestry. I mean, generally, Vestry gets kind of a hard rap, I think, in a lot of Episcopal churches. People kind of do their thumbs down and view it like a tour of duty sometimes. But I have to say, I've always been impressed with the people I get to serve with at Holy Communion. Uh, the community of folks on Vestry really is a, it's a joy to work with. It's a really diverse, fun, um, experienced, and interesting group of people. Um, if anything, our Vestry meetings sometimes last longer uh, because I just want to know the people a little bit more and get their perspectives. And that is very much true of the folks we have running for Vestry this year. So just as a reminder, the Vestry of Holy Communion is sort of the equivalent of the nonprofit board. It's the incorporated officers that uh, are elected by our annual meeting, which is happening this Sunday, the 31st of January, four o'clock. If you haven't registered yet, please do. Uh, we just made our quorum in registration, so we need folks to show up. And we'd love to have a little bit of extra room in case somebody doesn't show. So please do register at holycommunion.net. Uh, but they get elected at the annual meeting and then serve three-year terms. We have nine vestry members, so we elect three every year to serve a three-year term, which gives us nine at any given moment. And I'm really grateful. We have Rudy Nickens uh, running for a second term. We allow vestry members to run for up to two consecutive terms, and then you've got to take a step off. So Rudy's eligible for one more term, and I'm really grateful uh, that Rudy said yes to a second term. And then we've got two vestry members running for a first term. Uh, Susan Norris is hit her term limit uh, and so is rotating off the vestry. Uh, and Tani Jackson Whitlock ended her time on the vestry last year, actually, but um, in the midst of COVID, we didn't get the seat filled. Uh, so this election will bring us back up to our full slate of nine vestry members. Uh, and we're so grateful for the work that Tani and that Susan and the perspective and uh, the wisdom they brought to Vestry. Uh, but we're also really glad to, I'm really glad to get some time to spend with all of you. And Rudy, maybe I'll start with you because you're, you've been on the Vestry before, but um, I'd, I'd love to just ask you all sort of how you came to Holy Communion uh, and what has kept you around and what's kept you busy at Holy Communion in recent years. So Rudy, what brought you to Holy Communion originally? How long have you been around Holy Communion and how have we been keeping you busy? I came as a visitor in 1998 when I was working for a civic organization and my boss was Jack Danforth, who was at the time an associate minister at Holy Communion. So I wandered in one day to hear the boss preach. <laughs> and that's what got me in the door. And I, I found a home right away. It just fit, felt like a good place for me to be. It matched my my vision of what church should be. It's, it was organically diverse. I didn't want to go to a segregated church. I wanted to be at a church that had really nice mixture of people around race and gender and class and economic backgrounds. And Holy Communion just spoke to me right away. And so they were, you know, that's what brought me and that's what kept me. Mm. And, and I've had lots of chances to work. <laughs> There's been, <laughs> there been no shortage of ways to be contribute, you know, in this church, both, you know, one of my passions always was to work on the sun, on the breakfast crew. Um, this is my, obviously my second term running for vestry. I've served on, I've been on 
delegate to the diocesan convention. I served on the bishop, bishop search committee um, last year, which brought in the current bishop. And I can't remember all the things I've done, but yeah. at some point I remember telling Mike Angel that I did not work for him. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, we've been keeping you busy. <laughs> been, I was looking back at people I thanked last year and I was thanking you and Chester and Elena for your service on that. But out of everybody, I twisted your arm, I think the hardest to get you on that Bishop Search Committee. I'm really glad with the result um, of that Bishop Search, but uh, Rudy's done a lot. Rudy's done a lot. And, and we've had some really good conversations. Um, Rudy professionally has been very involved in questions of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so has, you've helped moderate some of those discussions around here for us, but that's part of what I, Rudy uh, is, is being, it, you often, if you miss a vestry meeting, you end up assigned with things, but there's, there's some hope that Rudy's going to get involved with um, some of our work around beloved community this year in some specific ways. So it, I, it, doesn't, I it doesn't matter whether you say yes or no, you're going to get assigned to it. <laughs> I remember very specifically saying, I do diversity all day, every day for my career. I don't want to be on the diversity committee, Holy Communion, and no one believed me. And I just got assigned <laughs> and given tasks as if I hadn't said anything. So duly warned, it doesn't matter what you ask for. It's be those assigned, it's how it's going to be for you. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we try to utilize the resources you have without saddling you with too many committee responsibilities on it. But, um, but yeah, no, we're, we're really grateful for the perspective you bring. Um, in that because it is it's, it's something that's really at the heart of who we are and who we, who we hope to continue to grow as and so we really appreciate having you around as we consider those questions so I'm really glad honored actually to be a part of it great so um, I'm going to go to Courtney because uh, I'm doing this in order of people joining and so Courtney could you uh, remind us when you joined Holy Communion and stuff that has kept you busy around Holy Communion in recent years yeah, um, so I joined, I myself joined Holy Communion back when I moved, uh, after grad school, I moved back from Virginia, and I kind of joined in where my family was going at the time, uh, and so that was in 2010, and Holy Communion's really become a church home for me and at my growing family. Um, you may or may not hear them in the background as I <laughs> But uh, building on that, uh, that point right there, they uh, actually inspired me uh, and another Holy Communion member to think more uh, with our clergy members about what we could do for parents with young kids, parents and caring givers with young kids. And that led us to um, the formation of Hoko Pack. Uh, and so hopefully uh, we, we had just kicked it off kind of right as the pandemic started. And so we've everybody's done a really great job from the co-lay leaders to um, our members of adapting in such a very interesting situation and doing things virtually and trying to stay connected. And uh, as we move forward, we really hope to uh, kind of stratify what we do to be more inclusive and more um, aware of the time constraints on our us as parents and and give us opportunities to still connect um on either a, a bi-monthly or, or otherwise basis just to you know form those 
kind of within community bonds a little bit more. Yeah, I'll never forget the, it was at the first, it was one of the first events you all organized was a um, big gathering at the church. And it was, they had just, just finished the floor um, on the renovation and the, the new labyrinth was down. And I just, I will never forget that the first time we turned on the lights and opened up the doors for people to walk on the labyrinth, we had all these kids, parents around the edges and all these kids just running around that <laughs> labyrinth. It was so much fun, yeah. so, so much fun. Um, and I've really enjoyed the times that I've been able to drop in uh, to the Hokopak um, happy hours or that happen later in the evening because it's after kids go to bed, but just the chance to plug in and not have kids awake and just catch up with parents in the midst of this has been really great. So, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a testament to kind of uh, fulfilling maybe a need that we didn't know we had, uh, even though I myself have not been as active since probably early summer with some of the parent social hours. I mean, there's a, a group that still meets on Tuesdays and I appreciate that and I appreciate them for like keeping it going but again this is a community it's a group effort and that's very much reflected in kind of how we're moving forward yeah I was also reminded as I was going through last year you know the, the way we prep for annual meetings we go through what we did last year and I went oh yeah and Courtney's also one of our diocesan convention representatives um, <laughs> yeah. so you got to participate in the virtual convention and vote virtually with us mm -hmm. and things so um, thank you for doing that as well Fran, I'll turn to you. You're the newest member, but you've been around for quite a while. Um, remind us how you came to Holy Communion and what we've been doing to keep you busy around here. Well, I'm a cradle Episcopalian, and I've been um, in this diocese since I moved to St. Louis in 1983 and attended a number of, of church, you know, St. Michael and St. George, was a member at Emmanuel, and was real active when my kids were young out at Transfiguration in Lake St. Louis and uh, moved to U-City in 2016 and realized there were a whole bunch of Episcopal churches within a five mile radius of my new house. And uh, I said, oh, I'm gonna go visit them all and see which one I like the best. And uh, I'm literally down the street from uh, Holy Communion, a half a mile. And uh, so I went there first and I went to an eight o'clock service, I think the first time and walked in and never visited another church because I, I knew I was at home and I was so welcomed, felt so comfortable. But what's really important to me about Holy Communion is the work that we do and, you know, that work is sometimes it's just the way we greet each other on Sunday morning. Um, but it's also the work we do in the community out in the world. I am so aware of how many seekers there are out there that are that I haven't found what they're looking for. And I think I think we have we have a community and we have a message and I'm passionate about how we can figure out how to share that with more and more people. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the conversation I had with the wardens earlier today, that was something we were sort of musing on You know, Holy communion for a long time was like the university city's best kept secret. Um, and in some ways this year with all the ways we've gone very publicly online, 
uh, it's been a year where the secret is out um, in ways that maybe wasn't before. I'm grateful too, Fran, that this time last year, we were talking about goals for the coming year and you helped us land a new place for theology on tap that we got to do all of two times, <laughs> three times before the pandemic. Um, but uh, but I, I remember your passion about that, about helping us get space at Schlafly and, and making sure that this ministry was um, available. And that's been one of our primary drivers for those seekers is people mm -hmm. have an easier time checking us out at the pub than they do uh, when we're, you know, coming across the threshold of a church door. So um, mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. Fran is also not um, mentioning the fact that she has for the last couple of years uh, co-chaired our stewardship committee, um, which has been a re I mean, it's, it's really important work. The work of giving is how we support the work of the church and it's how we continue to have an impact, as we said this year, um, making a needed difference in our community. But that has actually been so, um, such a good story this year. In the midst of a pandemic, the generosity has been um, so incredible that we're still working on breaking down numbers. Um, so the annual meeting, we have partial reports of stewardship that you'll see in the budget. Uh, but we look forward to being able to share uh, more about just how generous this place has been in the last year. So I'm really grateful to you for that work. Um, some of you were able to attend, and Rudy's been a part of this work for a few years, around we do a lot of work on goal setting um, as a vestry. We, we've discerned three values of welcome, diversity, and community. And then we, in each of those categories, set some goals. And Fran and Courtney, since it was your first time encountering that goal setting as a, um, with the vestry at the beginning of this month, I wonder if you might be able to tell us a little bit about what that goal setting was like for you and, and some things you're looking forward to in this coming year. Well, you know, that's a goal setting is a something I like. <laughs> something I've done professionally, something I do personally. And um, what was interesting to me was the way we drilled down in specific areas mm -hmm. and, um, and talked about existing ministries and potential ministries. And um, what I know is that um, you plan the work, you work the plan, and that's how you get things done. And the goal setting is the visionary part of it. And, um, and I find in the short time that I, you know, had a very open and creative and inspired group of folks. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney, what about you? What was that like for you doing the goal setting stuff? Um, it was, it was definitely interesting. I, I'm used to, uh, working much more autonomously in kind of my mm. daily and, and very much in my own kind of small group of trying to manage my family <laughs> and, you know, and get us from one place to the next. So that, that's probably like the biggest group that I've ever, you know, tried to set goals for. I mean, and so I'm interested um, going forward to see how the process is going to work and learn from that and see how I can um, maybe talk with some other community members and see how we can push that into our small groups. Yeah. I was really impressed, Courtney. We were in a meeting together just was just last week um, from the uh, you've been part of the grant committee um, work as well. And the way that we do those goal setting conversations, we tend to have a one to one campaign. This year, we tied it to stewardship, 
but we try to engage as many folks from the congregation as we can and ask them about their dreams and their hopes for Holy Communion, and usually with some specific driving questions. But I was really impressed with the one-to-ones you had done around our laundry love ministry as we were thinking through what are some grants, what are some ways to support this ministry. So I'm looking forward to having you in on that just based on the <laughs> one-on-one results that I've seen. I think it'll be really fun. And we're looking for ways always to continue to expand that conversation out around goals and um, help people go. And we set pretty broad goals from the vestry level, but then we hand them to staff members and, and ministry leaders and we say, okay, how are you going to set a metric around this? And what is your strategy around this kind of goal going to be? And is this a realistic goal? Or do you want to bounce it back to vestry and say like, cut that number in half? So I, th- I think it's dialectic. Nobody gets like hired or fired or evaluated on these goals, but we we try to do this in a way that helps us not be a mile wide and an inch deep, you know, mm-hmm. some, sometimes a danger in church worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anything else you all want to say about um, it's not, we, it's kind of a nice thing at Holy communion. Cause we don't, we don't have like a super competitive, like vote for me over vote for somebody else. We nominate the number <laughs> of people that we need to serve. Um, and that has served us well, but is there anything else you want us to know or think about as we um, move into this vestry election on Sunday? putting you on the spot pray for us yeah that's a that's a thank you um we do we ask the congregation to pray for the vestry i do it sometimes explicitly but but do um vestry is it's a fun group of people but it's people charged with a lot of responsibility um a lot of responsibility uh, for caretaking a vision and a mission that has 150 years of history um, and has some recent history of making a real impact. And so I'm always grateful that, um, you know, sometimes in churches we can get overly identified with the clergy or overly identified with, and it's really clear to me at a place like Holy Communion, we are who we are because of the people who worship here um, and the people who step into leadership. And I'm just so grateful to get to serve with such a great team. So do keep your vestry in your prayers and keep them on your radar. If there's something that you'd like to see at church or if you've got a dream or a vision or a question, um, your vestry are really great resources and folks to help lead that kind of work. So I'm grateful to all three of you. Um, congratulations on your nominations. And uh, and I look forward to, well, I don't get a vote, but I look forward to um, <laughs> asking folks to vote on Sunday. Thanks, Mike. Thank, Thank you. you. All right.